following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. That same God who loved us, purchased us, redeemed us, speaks to us. And we're going to uh, hear words of Scripture, and Becky's going to come and read them to us as uh, we get ready to hear about the fourth commandment from Ed. So if you'd like to turn to um, Exodus chapter 20, page 77. So we're reading uh, verses 8 to 11, which is just over the page on page 78. Um, So starting at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do, not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore... The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Brilliant. Good evening, everyone. Great to see you, Becky. Thank you ever so much for that. Uh, Here come the handouts as we look at the fourth commandment. So we've been thinking about uh, the Ten Commandments and trying to work out what they have to do for us today. So far, we've looked at Uh, Commandment number one, which we've summarized by saying, put God first. Commandment number two, know who God is. Commandment number three, when we were looking at that command, not to misuse God's name. Uh, From that, we're to know who we are, so that we honor God in all that we do. And this time, we're thinking about uh, the command to stop and rest. Does anyone feel at all weary, at all tired, at all frazzled, lacking in sleep, a little bit anxious about anything? Anyone weary out there, possibly? Probably most of us, I guess, in one way or another, uh, whether physically, emotionally, spiritually. And this command is a really practical command which I think will really help us in in many different ways. Now, one question that might be said of this command is, um, what relevance does it have to us today? Um, We've been seeing how the Ten Commandments, they've been given to the people of Israel, uh, who were rescued out of Egypt and uh, taken through the Red Sea and taken to Mount Sinai, rescued by God and then given these commands, these instructions as to how to live as God's people. And um, we might think, well, this is to do with a Sabbath, which is specifically given to Israel. I mean, that anyway was about a Saturday, not about a Sunday. So how do we understand this? Uh, we, we live in different times. We're not Israel. Uh, what do we make of this? Now, what I've done on the back, well, I, I didn't draw this, can I hesitate? I found this off the internet. Uh, if only I could do that. Um, but this is a quick overview of the Bible, and you can work your way through that. 
uh, see the whole Bible storyline. There, there's loads missing. Um, but it's got a thread running through it. And the reason why I put that there is just so that we can locate ourselves a little bit in the story of the Bible. If you're unsure about how the Bible fits together, can I recommend the second of our School of Discipleship pre-service seminars that's happening in two weeks' time, on the 15th of October, 9 till 10 o'clock. Uh, that will spend an hour just going a Bible overview, uh, doing this diagram. And uh, this diagram is just a helpful way of just seeing the whole story. And what's important to realize is that the Ten Commandments come, uh, well, actually, at this part of the Bible. So um, actually quite early on, uh, even earlier than suggested by that map. And there's a whole load of stuff that's about to happen, uh, not least when we get to the New Testament and Jesus arrives and uh, changes everything. And what we need to do as we look at the Ten Commandments and as we look at any part of the Old Testament, any part of the story of God's people before the coming of Jesus, we need to see through the lenses of Jesus. We need to understand through the filter, as it were, of the gospel, of the good news about Jesus. So all these commands we put through the lens of Jesus. And actually, one of the things that's quite interesting is that all the other nine commandments are reiterated in the New Testament, except this one. Uh, This one is not explicitly reiterated. All the others are So again, what does that mean we're to make of the Sabbath? Is this a command for us as Christians to observe what might be called the Lord's Day on a Sunday? And I'm not going to enter massively into that debate now. Um, Suffice to say, Christians have differences of opinions on this. And it largely depends on how you understand the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, to fit together. Uh, for my, my view, in a nutshell, I'll give it, and then you can rip me apart afterwards if you want to. But is that fundamentally Jesus fulfills this commandment. Uh, he fulfills actually all the commandments. Uh, but there is a sense in which he fulfills this commandment, in that he is where we find rest. He is our rest. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. So we're not necessarily required to obey this commandment to keep the Sabbath in exactly the same way as Old Testament Israel were. But, big but, as I hope we'll see, this command has much to teach us today and we ignore it at our peril. So let me uh, give two things that I think particularly we can learn from this command for us today. And the first is this, live within your limits. Live within your limits. Interestingly also, this commandment is the only one with an explanation, a sort of a why. So if you have a look uh, down at this commandment, at verse 11, we have the word for, explaining this is why we're to keep the Sabbath. So verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, 
nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we have an explanation as to why this command's been given. And it's rooted in creation. At verse 11, how God, the Lord, made the heavens and the earth in six days, and then he rested on the seventh. God's work for six days, creating this world. A productive week, I think we could probably say. And then on the seventh day, he rested. So sort of woven into the fabric of creation is this pattern of six days of work and one day of rest. We're to work and we're to rest. That is the way the world is. And it's not just for me. It's worth just seeing how and observing that, again, this command has quite a lot to say about other people. Uh, we're told to rest, but also it's a communal thing. The whole family, the whole household, guests too, even animals. So woven is this into the fabric of creation. We are part of creation. We are creatures. And so part of obeying this is to know our limits and to live within them. Now, I've got to say, I find this really hard. I guess most of us find this really difficult, uh, not least in our day and age. Uh, we live in a time where natural boundaries of worst work and rest have been blurred in all sorts of ways, sometimes utterly destroyed. So we can go all the way back, I mean, we can go back way through history to see humanity struggling with this, but in relatively recent history, does anyone know what happened in 1879? Anyone tell me? Go on, Lewis. No, you're withdrawing, withdrawing that offer. The light bulb. The light bulb was uh, invented uh, by Thomas Edison, 1879. That was quite a big moment because um, it meant you could stay up all night and do stuff that you were doing during the day. You could be productive throughout the night. Uh, another big moment in 2007. I'm sort of picking my moments of history here a little bit, but in 2007, what happened in 2007 that might be relevant here? Any guesses? The iPhone, Lewis, absolutely. Uh, the invention of the iPhone and smartphones coming out of that. Did you know that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day? That's quite a figure, isn't it? And much of that time spent on social media, which has had a huge impact upon our lives and breaking down boundaries. Uh, lots of good, but in this area, there's lots of danger as well. Um, we can WhatsApp someone. And what do we do when we WhatsApp someone? We expect a response, what, within 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe half an hour if you're being really generous. Um, and if there's no response, we think, are they airing me? What's going on here? Um, when we go on holiday now, and we go on holiday with our, our phone, we go on holiday maybe with friends, with family, and actually the entire world, with all our friends, and everyone we know, uh, if we're sort of posting Instagram, if we're 
um, uh, on WhatsApp uh, and speaking with others as well. Uh, we have our emails so often on our phones as well. And so work comes with us on holiday too. Boundaries are blurred in so many different ways. Perhaps that's increasing in some ways at the moment with sort of working from home, uh, which again is a fantastic thing in many ways, but also has real challenges with us. I guess we, we acknowledge this. Uh, this is a real challenge for us uh, in our society today. Uh, busyness is often equated with importance. That can be a big challenge too. Uh, we live in a time that prizes productivity. And so it's so tempting to overwork, to not stop, to keep doing, whether that's at work or in the home or in our social life or in ministry or whatever else it is. Good things that we're doing, but it's so hard to stop and rest. But there is a cost to that. We're not designed not to rest. A chap called H.H. Farmer, I know nothing about him other than this excellent quote, which he says this, if you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. And there's something in that, isn't there? It is vital that we take time to rest. That is the way this world is set up. And we are part of this world. We are creatures in this world. Yes, we're to work, six days to work, but we're to rest too. And really, this is the most wonderful command uh, to be given. Uh, Think back to the time of Israel. What a gift this was. If you think about the historical context a little bit, uh, where had the Israelites just been? They'd been in Egypt, and they'd been slaves in Egypt. Uh, They'd been under Pharaoh. He was a king with an extraordinary lust for productivity. He wanted to build stuff. He wanted to build cities. He wanted to build grain stores and fill them. Uh, If you have a look at Exodus 1.14, you don't need to turn it up. It's here on um, uh, the telly. The Egyptians made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. That was the experience of the Israelites under Pharaoh. Worked ruthlessly. They had no choice about it. Funny thing is, we do often have a choice over it. And yet, today, so often, we are worked ruthlessly. But God is a different sort of God from uh, the God of around of the spirit of the age today and also the God of uh, or the, the nature of Pharaoh. A, a different sort of master entirely because he redeemed the Israelites out of slavery and his burden is light and he gives them this gift of rest. He commands it. They are commanded to take time out. What a gift that would have been. How wonderful that would have been to have heard if you were an Israelite. How wonderful it is for us to hear. So we would do well to rest. uh, To rest weekly. And uh, even if we take a view uh, that the Lord's Day is not an exact um, uh, line from the Sabbath of the Old Testament, uh, 
What a great gift the Lord's Day is, though. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity it is. Why wouldn't we want to take uh, this day, if we can, if we're able to, uh, to rest within it? I think this also encourages us uh, to take holidays. And uh, if we're able to, sabbaticals. Because it's good just to take time out of our regular work, whatever that might be, whether it's paid employment, whether it's work at home, whether it's work uh, in any other context, it is good to take time out and to acknowledge we're creatures. And yes, we're to work, but woven into the fabric of this world is rest too, and we need to take it. So that is uh, the first thing that I think we can pull from this, to live within our limits. The second thing is crucial as well, and that is to rest in your saviour. Uh, we live, again, in a restless culture. Uh, we're all looking for rest, for peace, for a sense of wellness. Uh, did you know the wellness economy, I doubt you knew this figure, the wellness economy worldwide is estimated to be worth $5.3 trillion. Uh, that was in 2023, uh, with an annual growth rate of 5 to 10%. Amazing what you can find on the internet. I don't know how you work out that thing. But clearly, wellness is a big, big uh, economy. Uh, walk into a branch of Waterstones, go into the one in Kingston, on the top of the Bentall Centre, and the size of the wellness self-care section is enormous. Uh, the size, size of the religious books is really quite small. And then the Christian ones are about three or four uh, from C.S. Lewis in there, and that's about it. But it says something, doesn't it, about our culture. There is a great desire, there's a recognition that something's not quite right and that we need to be well. We need to find rest. We need to find peace. And I guess we, we feel that as well. There's restlessness in all of us when we feel just angst. I don't know if you're feeling angst at the moment. Or uh, general anxiety gnawing away at you or a sense of hurry or a sense of maybe just sheer busyness. Uh, things that you haven't got done that you've got to get done and they're weighing on you. Uh, maybe it's leading to a sense of disillusionment. Now, all those little things are signs of restlessness within our lives. And where do we go? Where do we go to sort of try and find peace, or try and find rest? Well, there are lots of good things we can do. Uh, go for a run. Um, do something, speak to a friend. Uh, there are lots of different things we can go to. But there is one place that is better than anything. Uh, Augustine of Hippo. It was uh, around in the 4th and 5th century. He said this, uh, which gives us a sense of where we can go. He said this to God, of God, you have made us for yourselves and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our heart is restless until it rests in you. Uh, this fourth commandment, it, actually, it points us to the one place that true rest, ultimate rest, can be found and that's course in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's striking, Deuteronomy, do, do uh, just turn on to Deuteronomy because it's worth seeing this. Deuteronomy chapter 5, so if you turn on to page 1 
8, 4 in your Bibles. You'll see there the Ten Commandments uh, written out again. And uh, this was, so the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 were given to the people of Israel just after they'd come out of, his, uh, out of Egypt. And now Moses, 40 years on, having wandered around the wilderness, and they're ready to go into the Promised Land. You could uh, see that um, on that diagram at the back. Uh, Moses reiterates the Ten Commandments. And they're very, very similar. But notice something that's a little bit different here. I'll just read uh, from verse 12. Fourth commandment, observe the Sabbath day. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, page 184. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And then we go through all those different communal aspects of it. And then, verse 15, this is the four bit. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So do you see the difference here? In the first set, this command was grounded in creation. In this second set of Ten Commandments, it's grounded in redemption, in the redemption that God has brought about his people. And this is, again, where seeing the Ten Commandments through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of Jesus, is so incredibly important. Because it gives very significant meaning to these words. So Jesus said this in Matthew uh, chapter 11. Uh, It's on your handout. He said this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, This is a wonderful insight, these words, into the heart of Jesus Uh, where he speaks about his heart. He is gentle and humble in heart. We really see what's he like in his inner depths. Is he austere? Is he a tough cookie? No, he's gentle and humble. And what he says is an invitation. Come to me and I will give you rest. And as we take on his yoke, it is a yoke not like Pharaoh's yoke or the yoke of our culture, but his yoke is one that is easy and a burden that is light. Why is that the case? Because when we come to Jesus, we find all our greatest needs fulfilled. In him, we find our sin forgiven. In him, we find true freedom from slavery. In him we find purpose and an identity. We're welcomed into God's family as dearly loved children. In him we have hope. We have a future. We have the source of all joy. He gives us his Holy Spirit who is at work powerfully within us to change us. And one day we'll enter into his new creation where we'll enjoy his perfect rest forever. This is the rest 
that Jesus Christ offers. And this is what the fourth commandment, this fourth word, is saying, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The best way we can remember that is by remembering Jesus and turning to him as our Lord and as our Saviour and knowing the rest that only he can offer. So how do we put all this into practice today in our lives? Well, I think there are lots of different ways we can. And what I've done there is, is, a, is just give you a little box that you might actually want to put some practical things down about how you can live within your limits and how, how you can rest in your saviour. And one way I find it helpful to think about is, is thinking about uh, my life physically, relationally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and to think in terms of tanks. And, uh, you know, when you go to the petrol station, uh, if your tanks are empty, you need to fill up your tanks. And it's true, uh, we can get depleted physically, relationally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And Jesus is saying, and God is saying in this command, say we need to fill our tanks, to keep coming to him, to fill our tanks. And uh, there are lots of opportunities to do that. We need to know ourselves as to how best to do that. Uh, Physically, how do we fill our tanks and look after ourselves? Well, I guess it depends a little bit on what uh, the past week has looked like. How can you use a Sunday, the Lord's Day, to fill your tanks? Well, if you spend your day, your week, doing loads of physical stuff, then maybe you just need to chill out and sit on the sofa. Uh, If you spend your week at an office in front of a computer screen, maybe you need to spend some time on a Sunday getting out and having a walk and having some physical exercise. Uh, Socially, if you spend your week full of people, maybe when it comes to a Sunday, uh, the Lord's Day, maybe you need a little bit of space and you know yourself on that. Uh, Or maybe actually what you really need to be doing um, is uh, spending time with your spouse or or your family and uh, filling their tanks as well as your own with them. Uh, If you spend all week on your phone, maybe take a day out. Maybe have a day without your phone uh, on a Sunday. That would be a really healthy thing to do. We need to know ourselves on this uh, as to how we can be recharged, how we can fill our tanks physically, relationally, emotionally, mentally. But what I would say more than anything else, though, is the key to it is spiritual renewal. The key to it is putting Jesus at the center. And that is why whilst uh, there is freedom as to how we use Sundays, and it's worth saying uh, many will be working on a Sunday and have to work on a Sunday, And uh, shift work makes it very hard, actually, to work out how you Sabbath over the course of of a week, how you uh, get rest over the course of a week. Because having good patterns, good rhythms, help so much, don't they? And having a really good pattern and a good rhythm on a Sunday really, really helps. Just put church in a diary, front and center. It's always there uh, as a regular pattern. That can be such a blessing. But above all, we need to put Jesus at the center of our whole lives, but particularly 
of that day of rest. Put Jesus at the center of it. And that is, that is what church is all about. We come together at church. We gather together with one another to encourage us to refocus, to recalibrate on God, on Jesus, to find renewal in him, to be recharged in him, revitalized in him. The world has lots to say about self-care, about looking after ourselves, looking after our bodies, our minds, emotions, and lots of wise, helpful stuff. But if Jesus is not right at the centre, then something's going to be skew-whiff. And we're not really going to find rest for our restless souls. Augustine's absolutely right. Our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. And Jesus invites us. He invites us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What a wonderful invitation. And we have a great opportunity to do that right now as we gather together. So why don't we just take a moment. We're going to sing together. Maybe the band wants to come up as we uh, draw to a close. Uh, let's just maybe just take a moment um, before we stand up, just to, you might even want to jot something down, just ways in which we can be resting well, uh, things we can be doing uh, physically, relationally, emotionally, mentally, how we can recharge our tanks, refill our tanks, but above all spiritually, uh, keeping Jesus at the center, finding rest in him. Let's take a moment to do that. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that as we come to Jesus, we find the ultimate rest. We will know that for all eternity. And Lord, we can know that now. We can know the peace that only Jesus can bring. Lord, might we know that day by day in this week ahead. And Lord, help us to order our lives such that we can constantly keep coming back to your Son. Sunday by Sunday as we gather together, would you renew us? Would you revitalize us? And Lord, with that, with Jesus at the center, would you give us wisdom as to how we can obey this command as far as you calling us to live within our limits, to know that we're creatures, to know that uh, we're not the Messiah, to know that uh, we are made for work, yes, but we're also made to rest. And so, Lord, give us good patterns in our lives so that we can honour you and live for you. And, Lord, with this, to be able to serve you and to serve one another. For your honour and glory, we pray. Amen.